Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Um, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan Tucker, and I'm here with Pastor Stephen, and we are talking about Christmas. Christmas. And the podcast, the Unchangeable Truth podcast, up here in our beautiful podcast booth at Highland Park Baptist Church, talking about Christmas season. We got some questions about Christmas. In the room. In the room. So, my first question, before we really jump into all this stuff, is what is your favorite Christmas song? Mm. That's a good one. I know we were talking to our producer Journey earlier and he said his is uh Jingle Bell Jingle Rock. Bell Rock. He loves, he loves Jingle Bell it. Rock. He loves it. I bet he I bet he you know, I heard Kiss do a Jingle Bell Rock wow. one time. And uh it was a little weird. A little wow. weird with Gene Simmons I, singing Jingle Bell Rock. I think we should just get a, as many versions of Jingle Jingle Bell Rock as we can. We'll put it on something and just let him play it over and over again in his Jeep. And I'll tell you a song that, I mean, it's a good song, but I mean, I'm like, golly, guys, you're wearing this one out. Uh, Mary, did you know? Uh, You know, come on. Did she know? No, she didn't know. You know she didn't know. Are you kidding me? Did she know? Uh, I can tell you, I can tell you what what, uh, I love. uh, Do you know this one? Uh, pa pum pum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The little drummer boy. Little drummer boy. We, Love uh, that song. Um, we we have a guy on staff that will play that for you on Christmas on our Christmas well, service. But he 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 actually says, you know, I I don't have much to give you, but I have my drum and I will <laughs> play for you. Um, and uh, I had somebody not too long ago. Oh uh, well. Let me back up. It's done in so many church Christmas performances that there are people who literally believe the drummer boy is in the, Christ, the well, Christmas gonna, narrative. Yeah, I was going to ask you that question. Like, is is the little drummer boy in the Bible? Well, I mean, first of all, you can't have a Christmas church celebration apart from the little drummer boy. Um, I did a little bit of research a while back just looking at it trying to trying to figure out where where'd this song come up you know did did our, did our own uh cory gann write that song <laughs> uh i mean my goodness it's probably his most requested yeah uh that he does i and think it, people come to our christmas eve service expecting that well the you that may be true that may be true he um he sings it so convincingly that i think a lot of people think that it even though they've never read it in the Bible, it's probably there. Yeah. Uh, but it was written. It was written by a woman, Catherine Davis. Uh, first time recorded, nineteen fifty-one. Uh, the lyrics are in the first person, and you know who the speaker is—that little drummer boy who's there at the manger scene, and he didn't have anything to give baby Jesus, but what his drum solo. Um, and I think we would agree. It's a, a sweet song. Um, I would even say it's a reverent song, but don't mean to burst your bubble. Little Drummer Boy is not in the Bible. 
And uh, however possible it may be, <laughs> the existence of a little boy with a drum who played a song for Jesus yeah. is very uh, unlikely. There you go. And I would I would say this there there may have been visitors besides the shepherds to the stable that night, but uh, I, I'm looking at it practically. Most mothers of newborns would require silence. They don't want the banging of a drum. They're trying to get their kid to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and if uh, some little kid shows up banging his so drum, so practical, yeah. so logical. Mary, Mary's probably like Joseph. Either you handle this, or I will. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Get that kid off that drum that right drum now. We, gone. That's right. Jesus needs some sleep. That's it's been right. a long night. I mean, uh, uh, but is there anything? Gone. Is there anything wrong with it? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, we have it. We have it uh, here and some things and. Uh, I'd say that any song that directs our thoughts toward the wonder of God becoming man, that uh, that that's a good song. Yeah. Uh, and and the little drummer boy does that. Yeah. Um, pum pum. Yeah, it points to the human nature of Christ's birth. So uh, uh, we can identify with that. Um, I think there's also, there's a part in the song kind of gives us an invitation to come to Jesus where he's like, he says, I am a poor boy too. Um reminds us that even though we may not have much to give, whatever we have, we can offer to the Lord, uh, that we're to give him our best. Why? He's worthy. Yeah. He's worthy. Whether whether it be a, a drum solo or costly perfume or uh, even a widow's mite, mm. uh, that Jesus deserves the best. Um, and uh, so is the, is, is the little drummer boy in the Bible? Uh, no, no, there's no, there's no chapter and verse. Could he have been there? Yeah, sure. I guess he could. Is it wrong for us to sing that song and like it? Not at all. Not at all. So, um, but if somebody says, "Hey, uh, it's not biblical," unless we, I, can't, I mean, I keep waiting for Hallmark to have a new card with the drummer boy <laughs> there at the nativity. Um, and I think, I, I, honestly, can I say, I think I've seen one. I think I've seen. Have you ever uh, seen it? I haven't seen it. Journey. I, I think I've seen one Journey. where they add the drummer boy to the nativity scene. Um, that's a stretch. That is a stretch. That's a stretch. Clearly, I mean, we know the Bible does not speak to every <laughs> single detail. Now, I will say this. The things that the Bible wants us to know, it makes sure that we clearly For know. Sure. For sure. Uh, but, but, yeah, he could have been there. Chances are, though, I'm thinking two or three licks on that drum. And there you go. Mary's like, all right, the, the kid over there with that box, he's got to get out. So uh, are, you, are you good with answering some Christmas questions on our Christmas podcast? I'm I'm always good right. with any questions. So I know we, you know, talking about little drummer boy. That's good. You had some info on that. But should Christians even celebrate Christmas? Ah, that that raging debate. Uh, that uh, you know, if you were to go to our grounds for missions coffee cafe on Sunday, I'm sure there were many folks that were debating. <laughs> That very question as they sipped their eggnog looking at the Christmas trees that or adorn our mallway. As they're looking at Amazon trying to figure out what gifts to buy at the same time. Exactly. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. Should Christians celebrate Christmas? A matter of personal conviction. A matter of personal conviction. There are equally sincere and committed Christians on both sides of that issue. And and they each probably have multiple reasons why or why not Christmas uh, should be celebrated, um, particularly in Christian homes. I'd say, I'd say a good question to always ask on any subject is this, what does the Bible have to say? 
does the Bible give us clear direction um, as to whether Christmas is something that should be celebrated, the holiday, something that should be celebrated by, um, by Christians? Uh, you know, first of all, I think we would have to stop and think, what, what are some reasons that some Christians don't celebrate Christmas? Some would say this. Well, the reason why we don't celebrate it is because uh, a lot of the traditions that surround Christmas, they have origins in, uh, in paganism, yeah. in, in, in false idol uh, worship. And, uh, you know, the origins of many of our traditions is, are so obscure, though, that uh, there are sources out there that will contradict one another. Uh, some will say, well, this is for this reason. Some will say this started somewhere else. And usually they have a narrative that they're trying to push. And so they'll, they'll point that direction. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've read some when it comes to bales, when it comes to candles, uh, when it comes to holly, when it comes to yuletide decorations, they'll say, well, they, if you look at the history of pagan worship, they were all used in, in pagan worship. And as a result of that, we ought not have, again, bells, candles, holly, yuletide, whatever it may be. We ought not have it in the home of a Christian. Well, I just say this. You can having any of those in your home certainly does not indicate a return to paganism. Right. You know, you're not you're not in there. Uh, man, I'm, 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 I'm ringing this bell because I'm going to call up evil spirits or so. Now, I mean, if you're, if you're doing that, that, that would be, that'd be wrong. Um, and there are definitely pagan roots to some traditions, but I'd also say there, there are many traditions that are more associated with, uh, uh, with the true meaning of Christmas. Um, bells, why are, why are bells played? Well, to ring out the joyous news that a savior has been born into us candles well we have a big candlelight service here at the church why do we light candles yeah. to let us know that christ is the light of the world that's right his right? light illuminates <laughs> yeah we talked about that on a previous podcast <laughs> yeah. exposes and it guides yeah, there you go uh what a star see i listen i listen to your sermons pastor Stephen. why do you place a star on top of a christmas tree remember the star of bethlehem uh, why are gifts exchanged well, I mean, I'd say twofold. You remember the gifts that the Magi brought to Jesus, but also the greatest gift of God. Yeah. Uh, Jesus himself that he gave to mankind. Um, there are some that, you know, that argue and even say, hey, listen, the Bible forbids bringing Christmas trees mm. into our home and decorating them. Yeah. Uh, so. So should we have a Christmas tree? <laughs> well, uh a live one or a dead one? I mean, a fake one. Does I mean, it really I have a fake one just because, you know, I always forget to water the, the living ones and it turns brown and we get the little stuff everywhere and the dog gets into everything. So Yeah, I, and I would just say this. Uh, and it's pre-lit. Yeah. There, there's, there, there is no such thing as a live Christmas tree. The moment you harvest that baby, well, it's already dying. There you um, go. And you just, you're just trying to make it look alive, but it's really dead. Uh, but that's that's another podcast another day. <laughs> a lot of a lot of spiritual significance. A lot of illustrations there. on so, that one. So hey, yeah, there's some folks out there that would say this, and <laughs> I, I, I call them the uh, cold water committee. But they uh, <laughs> they say, hey, you shouldn't even have a Christmas tree in your home because the Christmas tree, the origin of the Christmas tree, it, it's from ancient pagan rituals. And they'll even go to Jeremiah chapter 10, uh, like the first 16 verses there. And they'll say, 
Well, that prohibits the cutting down and decorating of trees in the same manner that we do at Christmas time, Jeremiah chapter 10. But when you read Jeremiah chapter 10 and you read it in the proper context, and that's the key. You remember the devil? <clears throat> excuse me. The devil pulled he pulled he pulled verses out of context and used them to tempt Jesus. And then Jesus, the living words, like, hey, let's talk about the whole thing here. Let, I mean, don't, let's just don't take one verse. So when you look at Jeremiah chapter 10, what Jeremiah is doing, he is uh, prohibiting idols being made of wood. And they would plate those idols with silver and gold, and um, and they would worship the idols. And then there, there are some that come along and say, well, Isaiah 44 says you ought not have a tree in your house. Uh, and, and you ought not have tinsel and all that on the tree. See, it says right there in Isaiah 44. But again, in Isaiah 44, Isaiah is talking about that silliness there of idol worshipers who would cut down a tree and they'd burn part of it in the fire to warm themselves. And then the other part of the tree, they would make an idol out of it and they would bow down to the idol. And so I would say, uh, when it comes to those that are asking questions, should we have a Christmas tree in our house as Christians? Unless you're bowing down before the Christmas tree, unless you're carving the Christmas tree into an idol, Unless you're praying to the Christmas tree, there's nothing wrong yeah. with a Christmas tree in your house. Um, Have you had people like seriously maybe debate you on this? Like in your past experience, have you had people that come up and are are uh, maybe a little negative about the candlelight service or negative on the fact that we've decorated for Christmas? Dino, never, never. Okay. The the. One of the first little churches I pastored, and I felt really weird about this. <laughs> One of the first little churches I pastored, uh, the Sunday night before Christmas. So they would sit there and they would say, "Hey, listen now, um, at the uh, at the Sunday night, we're going at the you know in the service and everything, we're going to have Santa Claus is going to come in there." And this is a small church, about a hundred or so folks, and they most of them were related, and so. Uh, they would they would bring gifts to exchange gifts and all the kids would you know they'd make sure every kid had a gift and they're like hey santa's going to come in at the end of the service and he's going to hand out gifts to boys and girls i never thought to ask you know hey is that going to be in the fellowship hall i just assumed it was going to be in the fellowship hall we were going to go over there and eat in the fellowship hall it made sense to me and so we finished the service and the back doors open up, and all of a sudden, in the worship center, in the sanctuary, I hear a ho, ho, ho. Here comes Santa right mm. down the main aisle, carrying a big bag of presents. And he walks up on the stage, and he calls all the little boys and girls up to him on the stage, and he's handing out gifts right there in the worship center. And again, I'm a little old school when it comes yeah. to things like that. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I, this is over the top. This is, And so I... Uh, you know, we we're getting ready for the next Christmas. I said, "Hey, listen, we, we Santa can't come into the worship center. That's to me, that's just too much. That's too much. We'll, we'll, oh, Santa can show up over there in the fellowship hall, okay?" <laughs> and so they a bunch of them got mad. Tell them to go down that chimney. <laughs> yeah, go down that chimney, Santa. And uh, anyway, we didn't even have a chimney, but the uh, he uh, he just comes through the window. He he showed up in the fellowship hall. And uh, we did everything there. And uh, I was only at that place for two Christmases. And so the next Christmas, I was at another church, and they, yeah. had, him, they had him come back into the worship center. Matter of fact, I think the next pastor even would dress up as Santa um, and would come down there. They, they That'd loved, be a sight. They, they you, loved him. You, you dress um, up as Santa. 
Yeah, that and again, fun. again, you know, personal preference. I just, you know, anything we do in the worship center, yeah. I just want it to be focused on the worship well, of, of, of Jesus. And, so. and you know, I, I think it comes down to the heart of the matter, too, because, you know, I was at a church, and you and I served at the same church at very different times, but they would have a, a special day where it would, a service that was all around the hanging of the greens and decorating the church service. The hanging of the greens. But the first Sunday of, of December. Yeah, but here's the thing that got me is um, it it was more about the tradition of that than any meaning behind it. There was no attempt to uh, talk about the gospel. It was all about that service and making sure that we decorated that, that worship room and, and the hanging of the greens. And yeah. it the different colors would do different things. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, um, I, I, I think it's a matter of personal conviction. And yeah. I think, uh, um, you know, I, I, we, you know, I had, I have, I have some Christians or I've read of some Christians, nobody said this to me before, but they're like, Hey, the reason why we, we, we shouldn't even celebrate Christmas is because the Bible doesn't even give us the date of Christ's birth. Yeah, that we don't know is December the twenty fifth. We don't know that's when he was born. Yeah. Um, is yeah. is is that really Jesus's birthday? And you know, and 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 yeah. I mean, if you look back, if you look back in history, the very first mention of Jesus's birthday or birth being on December the twenty fifth is in uh, in the third century, and uh, this uh, this guy um, Hippolytus, I think, was his name. In Rome, he uh, he wrote he wrote the the first advent of our Lord in the flesh when he was born in Bethlehem was December the twenty fifth, Wednesday. And the reason why they chose December the twenty fifth is that's nine months after March the twenty fifth. And there was a, a historian, uh, Africanus was his name, uh, early church father, uh, Tertullian. Yeah. We, we know Tertullian. Uh, they calculated uh, March the 25th to be the very date of the Passover on which Jesus was conceived. And so they, they based that on tradition that Jesus was conceived and died on the very same calendar day. And there's another tradition that says March the 25th was the anniversary of the creation of the world. And Jesus' conception on that day would lead to his birth on December the 25th. And, and then there are still others. They, they said, well, we're going to choose December the 25th because it would coincide with a pagan festival celebrating the winter uh, solstice. And so the church was offering people a Christian alternative to the pagan festivities and eventually reinterpreted many of their symbols and actions in ways that would be acceptable to Christian faith and practice. And so December the 25th became more and more acceptable as the birth date of Jesus. Some would argue that the birth occurred in some other season, such as in the fall, because they say that the Judean winters were too cold for shepherds to be watching their flocks by night. But if you really look at history, it kind of proves otherwise. Yeah. But we, 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 have, uh, we have historical evidence that unblemished lambs for the temple sacrifice were in fact kept in the fields near Bethlehem during the winter months. With that being said, though, it's impossible to prove whether or not Jesus was born on December the 25th. And I would say it really doesn't even matter. So do you think... If God really wanted us to know the exact date, he would have put it in Scripture. I mean, my goodness, yes. The Gospel of Luke, 
I mean, he goes to such painstaking details as to tell us what was Jesus wearing. Well, he wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Yeah. Hey, I want you to know he was laying in a trough. Yeah. It goes to say, I mean, I think if it had been that important, God would have given us the exact date of the Savior's birth. Yeah. And the fact is, yeah. he was born. He came into the world to yeah. atone for our sins. He was resurrected to eternal life, and he's alive today. And that's, that's, that's what we should celebrate. Uh, and really, it shouldn't just be one day a year that we celebrate that. Every day is cause for celebration because Jesus left heaven and he came to earth, right? And uh, he paid the price for our sins. But yeah, it's crazy some of the things that people that people say, well, you shouldn't celebrate Christmas because of this and because of that. There, there are some, Ryan, that'll say this. Christians shouldn't celebrate Christmas because the world celebrates Christmas. Yeah. Well, that could be taken in a lot of different ways, and we shouldn't go to Target because the world goes to Target. Well, I mean, to me, that sounds more like a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who denies deity? Um, and, and let me just—I'll just—I'll just summarize it this way. We can move on to another question, but there's no legitimate scriptural reason not to celebrate Christmas, and at the same time, there's no biblical mandate that we should celebrate it. So, whether or not to celebrate Christmas—that's your personal decision. And whatever you decide to do regarding Christmas, your view should not be used as a club to hit somebody over the head with or to denigrate those with opposing views, nor should either view be used as a badge of honor that brings about pride over whether you celebrate or you don't celebrate. I've had folks, I might almost approach it as I'm much more spiritual than everyone. I don't celebrate (laughs) Christmas. Well, no, that's a matter yeah. of your personal conviction. It has nothing to do with how spiritual you are or not. All right, so along the same thoughts as personal conviction and things like that concerning some of the Christmas things, you mentioned it earlier, but Santa Claus. Like, what is your view or thoughts on what should parents tell their kids about old Saint Nick? Well, first of all, let's just stop and say this. If there's a parent driving down the road and, uh, you know, a junior or, you know, uh, Sweet Sally is sitting there and listening as you listen to this podcast, this, this might be a great time to listen to the drummer boy <laughs> and, uh, and resume, right. resume the yeah. podcast just a little That's bit a later. So, uh, little drummer boy, turn it over to uh, Jingle Bell Rocks. Uh, Jingle Bell, it's rock, not rocks. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, the uh, turn, you know, turn it over to um, the message. You know, serious, whatever the case may be. But uh, <laughs> the creation of the mythical figure Santa Claus is uh, it's based in part on a, on a Christian man, a great Christian man named St. Nicholas of Myra. And he lived in the 4th century. And our listeners are like, I don't even care about that. Well, there are a lot of different versions of the legend of St. Uh, Nicholas, but all are the inspiration of that jolly, red-suited gift giver that we know, as you mentioned, as Santa Claus. And there are a lot of Christian parents, they're torn whether or not they should play the Santa game. Right. With their children. Well, and I was one of those parents. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, um, we have two children, maybe a little different on how we presented or talked about this with both of them. But, you know, I've had this thought, and somebody told it to me, so it's not an original thought. But, you know, I've had this thought, like, if if I'm lying to them about Santa Claus, 
I don't want them to think that I'm lying to them about Jesus. Now, I know that's a stretch, okay? I, I get it. It's a stretch. Um, but I, I think there are some people that struggle with what do we tell our kids? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. If you if you've got a thirty year old that uh, is still <laughs> believes in Santa, then we we have some we have some problems there. Uh, you know. Wow. Um, well, I mean, let, let's just be honest. Santa yeah. Santa makes Christmas fun and magical. Um, uh, man, some of the some of the greatest holiday memories that I have with my own kids. Yeah. Are waking up on Christmas morning yeah. and uh, you know, and them putting out cookies and um, I was talking, I was talking to somebody last night. Have you guys ever heard of this? <laughs> I, I never heard of this before, and I'm like, either it's ingenious or it's it's just wicked that their dad would he would he told them that the parents had to pay Santa for the presents. And so they would wow. leave out milk, they would leave out cookies, and the dad would write a check to Santa and would leave it there with the milk. She may even be listening to our podcast. I'm not going to call her name. But anyway, I'm like, I've never That's heard fun. of that in That's my fun. life. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so we... That's funny. We, so, well, here's the deal. I think we would all agree the focus of Christmas should be on Jesus Christ. And how much he's already given to us. So when it comes to the story of Santa Claus, an innocent addition to, is he an innocent addition to Christmas? uh, Or is he a subject that should be avoided? Here's going to be my answer. Use your own judgment. As 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 a Christian parent, decide whether or not to include Santa during the holidays. Uh, But I think there are some things to consider um, that, Children who believe that the gifts they receive on Christmas morning are from a magical man with unending resources are probably going to be less likely to appreciate what they've been given and the sacrifices their parents make in providing them. Mm. Um, I do think I do think this greed and materialism can overshadow the yeah. holiday season. Yeah, for sure. And that's meant to be about giving, loving, yeah. and worshiping God. And then, uh, you know, you, you look at kids whose parents are on a tight budget may feel that they have been, uh, those kids may feel like they've been overlooked by Santa. Mm. Uh, or, or even worse, they're, they're one of the bad boys or girls. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just saying things to think yeah. about. Even more troubling, kind of like what you said, the aspect of telling our children that Santa comes down the chimney each year to leave their gifts is, uh, well, obviously it's a lie. And we, we, we live in a society that believes that lying for the right reason is acceptable. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's not a problem. Podcast topic next time. That's a good one. And, 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 and of course, First Peter, First Peter 3 tells us, if you want to live a happy life in good days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and keep mm. your lips from telling lies. And, and, and you know, some of folks are like, well, he's going way overboard here. Um, and, and please hear me. Telling our children that Santa is real is not a malicious deception. Right. But let's just be honest. It is in somewhat a, a, a deception. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how we did it with our own kids, and we came to uh, kind of a kind of a good point there. Uh, when when our kids, the first time they ask, "Hey, Santa, real?" We had a legit conversation yeah. with them, yeah. and we didn't go out of our way to try to. 
make it appear as though, I mean, we, we, we did, hey, you know, Santa, Santa, you know, what's Santa going to bring you and stuff like that. But at an early age, yeah. uh, our kids, you know, were like, oh, it's not Santa, it's you, isn't it? It's you. Yeah, yeah, it is. But don't, please don't go to school and ruin, yeah, yeah. ruin it for anyone else. And, you know, let, let other families do it the way they want to. And let's just be honest, you know. Uh, our number one pursuit is we're going to make Christmas all about Jesus. And even though we let our kids at an early age believe in Santa Claus until, you know, I think our oldest one, you know, Abby first was like, and then she immediately told her sister who was, <laughs> who was almost two years younger than her. And, uh, and then the baby never had a clue. I mean, he never had a shot. I, you know, I think, I think yeah. from the get go, they let him know it's, yeah. a, it's not Santa, it's, yeah. it's dad, mom. Yeah. Um, but I would say to Christian parents, there's no right or wrong when it comes to this, as long as we're going to make Jesus the center. Yeah. We're going to make Jesus at the center. And I, now I do think, I do think if you get to the point where you are going through this, uh, if you're going to this great links to keep the Santa charade up, then it could, it could come back to bite you when it comes to something that really does matter. So I would say when your kids come to the point in the age where they're like, Hey, Santa's not Santa's not the one bringing these presents. I, I would just say, you know, uh, for me, that's yeah. when we said, you know, yeah, you're right. We've just been playing yeah. and having fun, and yeah. you know, um, but their parents, man, they they freak out. They freak out when you uh, if someone if your kid tells their kid there's no Santa, and you know, uh, my goodness, I I just. I just wish they'd freak out more when some kid would say Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. Um, man, that's something to freak out over right there, isn't it? But again, we expect a lost world to act, act lost. And um, I would say don't try to impose, almost kind of like the Christmas tree. Ryan, if you're sitting here, you're like, I don't use a Christmas tree. The reason why I don't use a Christmas tree is because they would use it to make false idols. And I don't, I don't want to have yeah. a Christmas tree in my house. Well, you know what? That's your house, Ryan. If I want to have a Christmas tree, I have a Christmas tree. I can be like I can be like a guy on our staff by the name of Wayne, who has a Christmas tree in every room of his house. He desperately loves Jesus, and uh, he has a Christmas tree in his backyard. Pretty sure he has a couple in his front yard. He is Mister Christmas himself. Yeah, and uh, you know, now I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at my house. I just I don't. I just I don't want the headache of putting it all up and taking decorations for that. Yeah, Um, well, you come to my attic, I have boatloads of them. Um, The but that's his house. Let him do whatever he wants to do. I say the same thing with your kids. I can promise you, I'm not going to give an account for the way I raised your kids. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Just like nobody else is going to give an account for the way they raised my kids. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. And I'm like you, Ryan. When they came, when I came to the point where I'm like, you know. If they ask me, I'm just going to yeah. tell them the truth yeah. because I, I I never want to lie to them about anything. Now, somebody would say, well, so what if your wife comes to you and says, do you like my new haircut? Do you say, no, it makes you look like Mo from the Three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> does the same yeah. premise apply yeah. there? Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, um, I would say let the Holy Spirit be your guide on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say let the Holy Spirit be your guide on that. That's a, I can. Yeah. I, here, here's what I would say, Ryan. Uh, if you are keeping <laughs> Jesus at the center of your house, not just Christmas, but every single day, if you're keeping Jesus at the center of your house, 
and your child grows up and dies and goes to hell, I don't think it's going to be because they believed in Santa too long. Mm. Mm. So keep the gospel at the forefront of it all. Yeah. So we'll we'll close this particular podcast out with this question, um, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, why wasn't Jesus named Emmanuel? Oh, man. So, yeah, we're shifting gears. Yeah. Talking about, you know, Christmas, the reason for Christmas, the birth of Jesus. Why wasn't Jesus named Emmanuel? Well, he should have been. There you go. Uh, Isaiah seven fourteen, right? He should have been. Isaiah seven fourteen. Isaiah said, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And then and then they even come, they say the very same thing in Matthew chapter one. Um, the virgin will conceive, give birth, they'll call him Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel <clears throat> mean? God with go. us. Yes. Sir. God with us. When it says you will call him Emmanuel, it doesn't mean that his actual given name would be Emmanuel. Because there are many names given to Jesus in the Old yeah. Testament, the New Testament. Emmanuel's just one of them. Uh, like um, a verse, uh, a verse, a few verses after that, over in Isaiah chapter 9, it says there, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, you can get over to Luke chapter 1. He'll be called the Son of God Most High. Uh, verse 35, he'll be called the Son of God. Jeremiah says uh, he'll be called uh, a king who will reign wisely. Um, Jeremiah, the next verse, Jeremiah 23, verse 6, he'll be called the Lord is our righteousness. Here, here, I'll use this example. Uh, to talk about why why he was uh, why he was not named Emmanuel. George Herman Ruth. Does anyone know who that is? George Herman Ruth. Do you know who that is, Ryan? Yeah. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. What was his name? I kind of questioned myself there for a second when you said that. I'm like, yeah, I know that. What was his name? George. They called him the Babe. They called him the Bambino. They called him uh, the Sultan of Swat. Did you recently watch The Sandlot? Uh, I, at least once a week I have to oh, watch The Sandlot. Um, and I'm not encouraging our listeners to watch yeah. The Sandlot because uh, yeah, some of those true. little true. boys need their mouths washed out with soap. Yeah. Uh, but I would just say this. So, yeah, his name, George Herman Ruth. You think anybody walked up and said, hey, George, what a great ball player you are. No. The babe, the bambino, right? And so I'd say in a similar way, uh, Jesus is his given name, but we also call him Emmanuel. We call him Wonderful. We call him Counselor. We call him uh, Prince of Peace. Uh, to say that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, Jesus is God. He dwelt among us in his, um, in his incarnation. He's always with us. He's God in the flesh. Yeah. God making his dwelling among us. So that, that is a good question, though, because when you, you read the text, you're like, well, hang on, sir. So you're supposed to call him Emmanuel, yeah. and they didn't name him Emmanuel. Yeah. It was a title is what it is, a title. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, in this holiday season, I think you're right. I think uh, the message is, Jesus, um, may we never forget 
to always point to Jesus no matter what we're doing. Even in the holiday season, even, even in the gift giving and all that, we need to understand that um, Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us, and uh, may we never forget it. So, Pastor Stephen, Merry Christmas. And uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, hope you have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you soon on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland, H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived for the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out. Worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free, shoot us an email at podcast at highlandpark.org. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.